Hey, welcome to the Hell Has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. Hey, welcome to Hell Has an Exit. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. Today, I have a good friend of mine that I've known basically probably for like 10 years. Yeah. Right? 10 years from South Dade. Mm -hmm. I've actually never heard your whole story, so I'm really Really? interested to hear. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever very heard like of it. One of very few. Really? Do you yeah, speak so, a lot? Unfortunately, yeah. Uh-huh. Like I say, unfortunately, just because of my area, so mm-hmm. they hear me all the time. You know. Yeah. So I'm like really Maybe happy that's that you. Maybe that's why I don't hear it because I'm not down there a lot. <laughs> well, I'm really happy that you have. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. Well, your um, name is Monique. My name is Monique. Mm-hmm. I was on the way here, and I was thinking about it because a lot of people don't actually hear my full story. You know, I've been mm-hmm. clean now for 15 years. So I tend to talk more about my recovery because my recovery has been so much longer than you my see. active addiction, mm-hmm. you know, and it's done so much more for my life. Right. And I went through so many more things in recovery, just life on life's terms that people don't really actually know all of what I've went through. For me, it was very much that, like, I grew up in a 12-step program. You know, my dad was in there, my stepmother. You know, I grew up around it, and I grew up around seeing people actively using in my life. And I just never wanted that to be me. Mm-hmm. Not because, like, my dad wasn't a good person or he wasn't there for me, but it was mainly, like, I saw the struggle, I saw the pain. Like, I detoxed my like my aunt and uncle, mm-hmm. like when I was probably like 13, I have to feed them, clean up after them. And I just didn't want that, you know? And of course, as I was growing up, like a lot What were of, meetings like when you were younger? <clears throat> when I like, was What do you younger, remember that when you would go? Was you know, it like fun for you? It was, you know, because like I would walk in these rooms and like everybody was my immediate family somehow, you know? And I mean, they were filled with like cigarette smoke. Yeah, We didn't have tablets back then. So I used to like color and just like mm-hmm. show off all my pictures and like pick up key tags for however long, like however old I was that year. Yeah, It was fun, you know? We still went out to eat after and, um, you know, everybody just would always like, I still go to conventions and I go to things now that people like see me and they're like, oh, I remember you when you were like this big and, you know, oh, your dad this and your dad that. And I think it's kind of cool, you know, that I have like that immediate family mainly, mm-hmm. you know, even though they're not really my immediate family. Because again, part of my story yeah. is, is that like my life, I didn't grow up with a lot of family. You know, I've been clean. My waitress at Denny's. Mm-hmm. that has been serving me since I've gotten clean, has known me longer than my father. Wow. You know, and that's crazy, right? Because like like I said, I mean, I grew, I grew up with people in my life. Um, I grew up, you know, with people in the program taking care of me. And then what started to happen was is that like I had all these circumstances, right? Like my dad started relapsing again. I think I may have more time than my dad ever had. Mm. They used to call him White Chip Charlie, 
And he did a lot for the fellowship, though. And my dad started relapsing. He cheated on my stepmom, got with the babysitter, like classic, you know, porno style. Like my Mm -hmm. babysitter is now dating (laughs) my dad, you know, like had a lot of resentments, Mm -hmm. you know. So like that, I think, is where it all started, right? Like, you know, I don't know if I was born an addict or if... It just kind of happened, but I started to not like my dad's girlfriend. You know, he started using, I blamed him, blamed her for all of that. You know, I blamed her for like my father passing away. I started to have all these like, you know, in, in hindsight, looking back, like I had a lot of justifications. My mother died when I was three. My dad divorced my stepmother when I was five, dated the babysitter, and then my dad passed away when I was 14. My aunt and uncle both passed away, like, shortly after, and then it was just, like, constant death, you know, Mm -hmm. like, just surrounding me. Like, I remember coming home, and, like, my aunt was dead on the the living room floor. You found her? I found her. You know, and I had a little bit of guilt because I had just started learning how to drive, Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, she wasn't doing good that day. And we had her in the living room laying down. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go drop off, like, whatever boyfriend I had. You know, Mm -hmm. let me drive the car. And, like, I guess, according to the paramedics, like, as soon as I left, she passed away. So when I came back, we rolled her over. She was blue. I started doing CPR on her. After that, it just got really dark, you know, because my, my uncle, I was, like, really worried about him. He was using again. And again, I wasn't really doing anything mm-hmm. yet, you know? What were like, you like in high school prior to that? What was I like? Yeah, were you like the cheerleader? Mm. No, <laughs> no. We were uh, called freaks. Okay. We were called freaks because goth wasn't so like... So not much has changed. Not much has changed. <laughs> I um, just didn't know if this was like a new thing. or if No, so there was like a long period of me adapting to the lifestyle once I started to like... Mm-hmm be a part of the streets, you know, like I started to try to fit in with who I was like hanging out with. And I think like when I was younger, this is exactly who I was. You know, I used to have the Jinko jeans, the black lipstick, the purple hair, black Mm -hmm. nails, and somewhere along that, you know, I just started changing. (laughs) But yeah, so like after my aunt, you know, passed away, um, I got taken to DCF custody, right? Mm -hmm. I was really worried my my uncle was going to kill himself. I was just starting out using. I was just like, I, I like when I tell my story, my thing is, is like I had these justifications that I started to put in this basket that like I didn't know, right? Like I didn't know they were justifications back then, but it was just like all this like pent up, like, you know, my father died, this happened, I had to move around, like now I'm in foster care. Mm-hmm. When my I was in foster care and I was in this place, Some places are good. Most places aren't, you know, and I didn't really have the best luck. I used to have the people that wanted to use us like slaves. I used to have, you know, the people that were just just not good people. Mm -hmm. And I was in this place and I got this phone call. Like the, the front desk got the phone call. It was a shelter. It was in Broward. And I look and like something, everything in me just said, like, that phone call was for me. Um, The lady looked dead at me and said, she's not allowed on the phone right now. I was like, who is that? And I see her write my uncle's name down. Next morning, my caseworker comes, tells me my uncle killed himself. And that was it. Like, that was, like, my last, like... Piece of hope that you're holding on Yeah, that was just it. Like, that was the last justification I had that, you know, I just left. I ran away from foster care, and I ran away from that day, I think I was, like, 14 or 15 till I was 18. 
I started to use, you know, like I was using it. And to me, like, it was that escape, right? Like that little voice in my my head that like my dad used to tell me, like, if you ever pick up, you're going to be an addict. Like, don't, you know, he never really told me not to. He used to tell me kind of like, these are the consequences, you know, and that voice kind of went away and, and it just started this like, this run, you know, this run of like me, like I used to think I used to use to have fun, you know, because like we hear it a lot, like, oh, like if I if I didn't have fun, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And I like dug a little bit like in the last few years of like my step work, right? And I, I kind of dug because I was like, damn, I don't think it was ever really fun for me. You know, I used to believe that there was moments that were like, you know, ooh, this felt good. But like when I think about it, like the first time I ever picked up was like to deal with my dad. You mm-hmm. know, the first time I ever, like, can, like a lot yeah, of... Those, to shut down. To shut down. Like, yeah. so a lot of my using was based on, like, running, masking, numbing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I just didn't want to feel the life I had. I used to always think the same thing. Like, oh, I was having fun, whatever. But it's like, I was using alone almost instantly. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a social thing where me and all my friends were going to have fun. Like, I would use with my friends, but... As soon as I was by myself, like, I hated being alone and, like, I needed to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, I identify with that, too, because I remember people sharing when I got clean, like, oh, you know, I, I had fun for, like, five, six years. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I just no think, fun. like, it was because I think there was just I was so uncomfortable in my own skin as a child mm-hmm. that I instantly was using to numb mm-hmm. from the beginning. Oh, yeah. See, and, and that was me because my whole before that was like me remembering that pain that my dad and everybody struggled around mm-hmm. me. So it wasn't like, oh, I want to feel that. I want to do that. I went to meetings. I went yeah. to, you know, I heard the message. I saw people. So it was kind of like I just ran out of like any like little bit of hope. And I just said the famous words, fuck it. Fuck it. You know, fuck it. The like, short serenity prayer. Oh, yeah. You know, and it was like if you had the life I had, you would use the way I did. You would do the things I need to do. And, you know, like looking back, right? All the things were there. Like, I started to live on the streets before I was really doing, like, heavy drugs, right? Mm -hmm. But I started to get—I would get into, like, situations, like, really hardcore situations without the use of, like, heavy using. I remember there's this hotel in Miami, (laughs) and it's not really the hotel it used to—it's not the hotel it used to be. It was called City Inn Okay. on Northwest 79th Street. It's a nice place. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> so luxurious. You got water beds? <laughs> no. So this place, I remember going there. Mm-hmm. I was still under 18. I had to be under 18 because I was I was still a runaway technically. And the front desk guy looked at me and he says, I don't know why you're here, but I suggest you go. Like, you know, you look at American Horror Story and I feel like that was the vibe there. You know, mm-hmm. like I just didn't know that that was like a thing. I'm like, oh, no, it's okay. I just need a place to stay. And he's like, yeah, well, people only leave here two ways, in a body bag or in handcuffs. And I just, you know, being the typical, you know, addict in training, I just didn't, I didn't take to that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in this hotel and, like, watching my life just go from, like, progressive, like, from where it was, like, progressively worse, you know. And I'm not sitting here saying it's the hotel's fault. It was definitely me. I was a willing participant, right. Mm-hmm. But, like, so many things that I could have not ever experienced probably would have been avoided had I not stayed there, you know. And I, I left in handcuffs. You know, but there was a girl next to me that like ended up getting murdered there, you know, and so it was just like really crazy. I I got kidnapped by a pimp there. 
which was probably one of my first like traumatic experiences. Like I mm-hmm. didn't think that was a thing because like I was out. I asked to go to the gas station from a girl and she's like, oh, my boyfriend can take you. And I was like, okay. So we get in the car and next thing you know, he's like, oh, I'm a pimp. You're giving me whatever money you have on me. You're working for me. And like instantly I just wow. like, I was traumatized. Like I came, I, I managed to, I told him, I'm like, as soon as you let me go to go work, like I'm, I'm running away. Like, you know, I, I, I pled like pled and like whatever, but they ended up letting me go. They took whatever money I had. Mm-hmm. And I came back to that hotel and the guy told me, he's like, what happened to you? Look as white as a ghost. You know, because, like, for one moment, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, like, I could have been, I don't know what could have happened, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, it, of course, like, the pain wasn't great enough, and I continued. And that's where, like, my drug use really took off. Like, I was, you know, at that point, I was just, like, using harder things that were more accessible to me in this hotel. You know, and I went through a lot of consequences, and I went through a lot of things that I look back. And um, that little, like, that little box of excuses, right, and justifications, like, those just became not even, they didn't even work anymore, you know? And now it was just like, I just didn't want to feel this pain anymore. Like, I just constantly used, like, I wasn't, it wasn't numbing it. It wasn't solving it. Um, I was starting to become really hopeless, you know? And and my using progressed very quickly. So, like, I started using it, like, 14 or 15, and then, like, I got clean when I was 20, you know, mm-hmm. like, but in that, that time frame, like you can just see, like, I have like one of those mug shots and you can just see like the despair in my eyes. Like it was just complete death, you know, like part of my thing was, is that like, I remember towards the end of my using, right. I was sitting in this hotel. No, it wasn't even a hotel. It was sitting in this dope hole. And I remember asking this guy and I was like, you know, have you ever thought about getting clean? And he looked at me and he said, yeah, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was my one little moment that I had a clarity, you know, this like brief moment while using that I was just sitting in this hotel, like this, I mean, this, um, you know, bathroom. And I was thinking like, you know, I'm not even 20 yet. You know, I have nothing to show. Like I had infections all over my legs. I had been using my body at this point to support my using, you know, and just like looking like within those few minutes, just looking at my entire life, like, Jesus, I've been to jail. I've been through this. Like, you know, I just want a way out and I don't know what it is. I, you know, I didn't have the balls to kill myself. You know, I've attempted, you know, many times, but like, it just doesn't work for me. Like I have a purpose here apparently. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting there and when he said that, like I, whatever was inside me to be crushed, Mm -hmm. like, cause I didn't think, yeah, because I didn't think there was really much anything left. But so I kept using, you know, I kept using. And I remember that, uh, of course, more consequences. And like my last day using, I was in a hotel and we were all like, oh, we need to go get more. Mm-hmm. You know, I had that little pit in my stomach, you know, when something bad's about to yep. happen. And I end up, right, we go in this car and we're going and I just look behind us in the rearview mirror and I'm like, there's somebody coming. And it was undercover, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember this, the, the cop pulled us over. I didn't really have anything on me. And he's like, you know, what are you guys doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I end up like sitting there and my whole body is shaking because I'm like terrified. I don't want to go to jail. Like I need to get more. Like mm-hmm. I'm on this mission. Like, don't you get it? Like, you know, and um, he was about to let me go. What happened was a sergeant came, 
you know, and his sergeant ended up telling me, uh, looking at me, looking at the officer and being like, have you looked at her record? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, she hasn't learned her lesson. No, you're taking her in. I'm like, I don't even have nothing on me. Like, what do you mean you're taking Whoa. me in? And he's like, yeah, you're going. Mm-hmm. You're going. You have Look, there's paraphernalia. You're going. And I'm like, damn, you know? And that ended up being like the best day of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I was definitely out of my mind. I was flirting with the cop because he kind of looked like Ben Affleck, <laughs> or at least in my foggy memory he mm-hmm. did. I'm like, you have my address on my A form, <laughs> you know? You know, I ended up going to jail and... um. I remember having to go to the quarantine level, you know, mm-hmm. because like I said, I had all these infections. And mind you, like, I'm not an addict that like shot up, like, you know, like I smoke crack, Whoa. you know? So like I had such bad like staph infections and like whatever from like the environments I was around that they didn't even want me in gen- like general population, mm. you know? And I remember this guy coming in and he was like, he asked me if I've ever thought about like treatment. I was like, yeah, I don't need it. It's <laughs> like yeah. everything in my life shows that like I needed some type of help because I couldn't help myself, you know. Yeah, you're like, no, bro, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm good. I don't need it. And he's like, okay, you know. And he ended up leaving, and he comes back the next day, and he's like, I don't normally ask this twice, but I felt like I needed to stop by again. And like, I don't know what happened that night. I don't know what happened from the days of going to sleep, waking up again. But when he asked me, I just said yes. You know, he's like, you do understand you're going to have to stay in here longer until the bed's available. And, like, that didn't even, like, deter me. Like, I was so, like, something changed. I would say it was my higher power. Back then I wouldn't have said that because I didn't really know. Something changed. And, like, that started my journey in recovery, you know. And, like, obviously since, since I've been clean, there's been a lot of things that's happened. You know, there was a lot of things that happened beforehand, right? You know, like, I went through all this pain and this loss getting here. You know, and then I started to find out, like, coming to a, a program, right, that, like, there's a victim mindset, you know, and, like, I was, like, the biggest victim. When you were using would you think about recovery? Because no. you knew about it. No, and that, that was one of the things that blew my mind is that, like, once I got clean. You are like, like, why did I just go to meetings? I was, okay, so I went one time. Uh-huh. But I went for my dad's birthday. Wow. So I had, okay, so this is the one crazy thing mm-hmm. that, like, There was something in me that was still good, right? So I have my dad's ashes, and I maintained keeping those ashes. I have absolutely nothing from my childhood except a Ziploc bag that has, like, four pictures. Mm -hmm. I have, like, one school note from, like, some girls in high school that I have, like, but everything, like, when my dad got sick because he passed of cancer, when he got sick and he passed away, like, all of our stuff got sold out of storage, you know? So, like, I don't have a childhood. Like, I don't have any memories. I don't have any of these things. So I managed to keep my dad's ashes throughout my entire active addiction. So I would get to these houses, and I would stash him under, the, like, the dope holes, and I would, like, put him in a book bag and, you know, put him wherever I could find him later, you know? But, mm-hmm. like, my dad was a part of my entire using, you know? And so when I was, I remember, like, at one point, I went, it was his birthday. I guess I was like not as high that day. And I was like, it'd be really nice to do something for my dad, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, he always drank Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And this is something I still do today, but I put him in a book bag, went to the meeting with some Dunkin' Donuts, and I sat in this meeting for my dad, you mm-hmm. know? But it was for my dad, even though my dad's gone, you know? Didn't hear a message, you know? And that's why I know that, like, for me, it's, it, it's when you're ready. 
You know, yeah. it has to be when you're ready. I wasn't, I wasn't. I always like, when, when I first got clean, I remember hearing this guy speak and uh, he was like this big guy and he was sharing about how he was addicted to painkillers for years <laughs> and and he just was like strung out on pills and selling pills and mm-hmm. it was so easy because he just had a prescription. He would just go to the doctor and he said he was in his car one day and he was just like wanting to kill himself. He didn't know what to do and he just felt like he kind of like surrendered and for some reason, he looked at like his insurance card that he used to use all the time to like mm-hmm. go to the pharmacy. And he said he turned it around and said, if you're struggling with substance abuse, call this number. And he, and was, he, and he was like, dude, this thing has been on me for years. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I, I believe like the law of attraction and that like when you are open to things, you start to see certain things, you mm-hmm. know, um, even with 12-step meetings. Like I remember, I didn't even know what, 12-step meetings were and then I started to see bumper stickers when I'm driving and in Finding Nemo there's a 12-step meeting do you remember this no I've never watched oh really well in Finding Nemo there's like a shark and he's like a good shark Mm -hmm. and then someone um gets punched in the nose and there's blood and he goes crazy and then they all start trying to do an intervention on him Mm -hmm. but Bruce is in uh like shark AA or whatever yeah That's so funny. But like I just started to see recovery Mm -hmm. where like before, you know, I was just using and just never even was open to anything like that. Yeah. No. And and for me, like, especially like I said, like growing up, all those family, like those immediate family members Mm -hmm. that I I acquired throughout my dad's And people weren't reaching out to you? No, because they're all in recovery and they Uh know. Like I spoke to them, like a few of them when I first got clean Uh and they were like, you know, you had to have your process. Wow. You know, and I, I'm not even mad at them for that because I would have, you know, like yeah. my using, like I am not a good person when mm-hmm. I am using, you know, like I look back at my life and I always like reference like Hannah Montana because like I just have, so, it's so different, you know, it's so different. Like I look at the things I did, the things I've done to people, like the way I would act, the way I would treat people, the lack of everything. It's such like a far away point for me from the person I am today that it blows my mind. You know, Mm -hmm. like there was this guy that used to try to help me and take care of me. You know, Um, some would call it a sugar daddy. I was not like, that was not my thing. Like Mm -hmm. I used to tell him like, I don't want to be with you. Like I'm not with you. Like I had boyfriends when like, he just, he wanted to take care of me. And I remember like, I was so mean to him. Like, I, I mean, I, I hurt him. I physically mm-hmm. hurt him. Like, I've never hurt a person, you know? And he would just, like, he would get to the point where it got so bad that he would, like, come to, like, places I would use and, like, here's a new phone and drop it out the window and drive because wow. he was scared of me, you know? Wow. Like, and I, this is coming from person now that, like, I wouldn't put my hands on anybody, let mm-hmm. alone, like, you know, somebody that's, like, trying to help me. Like, I remember he would beg me. He's, like, he didn't use. And he was, like, I will... We could tie you to a chair and I will sit with you and help you detox. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't have a problem. You know, like I was like, I just don't want to stop right now. Yeah. You know, and like to go through all those points, right? Like, and and the beauty is, right? Like I've made amends to this guy and his family like a few times because I felt like one just wasn't enough, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like that's a really cool experience, right? Is like I get to like right my wrongs you know to just like for him to like completely see that like it had nothing to do with like me as a person you know like even my grandfather like I completely disappeared from my grandparents life right and that was like one of the things for me it was one of those like like my grandmother passed away when I was using 
and I used to call her and uh and I would be like, oh, hi, Grandma. Like, I can't wait to see you. Um, you know, hold on one second. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. and then I would be like, oh, I'm going to come this week. And I would, like, never show up. And then I ended up, like, finding out just by, like, calling my grandfather for, like, some money that, like, my grandma passed away, like, two weeks prior to my phone call. You know, and, like, that, like, was a little bit of guilt for me because, you know, these were the grandparents that I loved, you know, like I loved seeing them when I was a kid. I loved going there for like summer and and going to the pool and hanging out with them. And so like when I got clean, right, like my grandfather, I remember like my first, like I want to say like 90, no, like first six months because I, I had to go to a program at first, but like my first six months I went to go visit him. And he never questioned anything. Like, Hmm. he was just like, I don't care what happened. Because, like, I was a type of addict, right? Like, I just completely disappeared from anybody that was, like, relevant to my life. Because I just did not want them to get involved. So, like, they didn't know if I was alive, dead, nothing. Like, they just never heard from me. And he's like, I don't care what happened. I'm just glad that you're here. I think I kind of lucked out with that. Because, like, especially being that, like, I didn't really have a lot of family when I did you know, finally get clean. I had like my grandmother, I mean, my grandfather and like a cousin or two, you know? So it was like really nice that like they just completely like welcomed me and like didn't hold anything against me, you know? And they were just like, I don't know what this does for you, but like just keep doing it, you know? Especially getting clean at 20. Like, you know, I was like 20 years old. Like I thought my life was over. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, like how am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to, like, have fun again. And, like, looking back, like, I don't know if you ever see those TikToks where it's, like, uh, you should be, like, magic, uh, medicated or something. And it's, like, well, what if I lose my sparkle? And it's, like, the sparkle mm-hmm. in question is, like, them nodding out or something, you know? No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I relate to them so much. And, like, that was it. It was, like, that was the sparkle in question. It's, mm-hmm. like, me going to jail, me, like, getting raped, me, like, ending up getting beat up on the side of the street, you know, like, me just getting myself in these situations right and so like I had to figure out like how to have fun like how to be young without like using drugs like without like destroying my life which was like really hard it was really hard and I'm like actually really thankful for people that like ended up showing me that you know like because you got clean when you were 17 yeah you were 17 I was 20 I mean I'm sure that you did a lot of crazy things you Mm -hmm. still do crazy things you know (laughs) so I mean yeah like I remember I called because I used to call this guy who he had like nine months clean, which to me was like, you know, God. Mm-hmm. And I remember I used to call him when I had questions. And I remember I was like, dude, I feel like I'm never going to have fun again. Mm-hmm. And I remember he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like, like I just want, like I specifically wanted to smoke crack. And I'll never forget. He was like, specifically. smoking crack ain't. And he was from, uh, his, I used to call him Southern Chris. And um, I remember he was like, Man, smoking crack ain't fun. It ain't hooting and hollering with your friends, getting a big belly laugh. (laughs) I remember when he said that, I was just laughing so hard. And I was just like, yeah, smoking crack's not fun. But like, you know, when you don't share about your reservations Mm -hmm. and you don't share about what's going on, like it makes sense in your head. And then you say it out loud and people are like, smoking crack ain't fun. And I think a part of me is that I got so desensitized to joy Mm. that I didn't even know what it what joy and pleasure and like true like like happiness happiness and like childlike wonder and like you know when you wake up in the morning and like you just feel good naturally like Mm -hmm. I just didn't know that that was even fucking possible anymore and 
I had, you know, confused, like, endangering my life for fun. Yeah. Because the reality is, is that, like, when you're using every minute, you're, you can either go to jail for years, mm-hmm. die, or get into, like, a fist fight, crash a car, or, like, you're suicidal, you want to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I lived in that constant state, I felt bored. Of course. Yeah. No, like, and for me, I had that same thing. Like, I remember, you know, even before drugs, like, I had that, like, risky behavior, mm-hmm. you know, like, I set my pool area, like, on fire. Hell yeah. Like, just a tent, <laughs> you know, like, you know, plain manhunt, but to the extreme where I would jump on top of the apartment mm-hmm. buildings, just like, because nobody else would find me there, yeah. you know? So, like, there was always, like, that risky behavior of doing things that mm-hmm. was, like, endangering myself. And then, of course, when I'm using, like, running away from people, running away from cops, mm-hmm. getting shot at, like, I remember having people pull guns on me, and, like, me thinking... I have some, like, protective shield. It's just little old me, you know, with a whole gun pointed to my head. And I'm like, do it. Do it. You know, like, what if he did it? I would not be here talking to you, you know? So when I was 20 and I was getting clean, I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, like, I never Mm -hmm. went to a house party. I never went out. Like, Mm -hmm. I think the last, like, authentic, like, nostalgic, like, that, like, memory of, like, a childhood was me going to, like, Sawgrass Mall, Mm -hmm. like, at the Oasis. Like Hell when it yeah! Was cool. to, I thought you were from Miami. I am from, from Miami, but I grew up in Broward. Oh, so you, yeah, <laughs> the Oasis was fire. Yeah, so you know, I I think that was like the last time I did something that was like yeah. childlike, you know. Hey, now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. What can someone get from trying therapy? Unload stress, emotional healing, help with anxiety and depression, and much more. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash exit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash exit. I had like a group of childhood friends that didn't use. Mm -hmm. And man, they were just like good people. Like they had zero interest in doing like hardcore drugs. Like Mm -hmm. they just like drank a couple beers and smoked weed. And they were like my real friends. And like... I would use and like go visit them and like use and go visit them. And then sometimes they would be like, dude, like, you know, you're really high or like you can't be snorting pills in my parents' house. Like, you have to go. And I'd be like, okay. And then it just got to a point where like I was asking them for money and they were just like, no, nah, dude, like I'm not loaning you money and I'm not helping you cash a check that's from your friend. And I was kind of like embarrassed to be around them and I didn't see them for like a year. And when I got out of detox, I'll never forget, like, my good friend Jonathan, uh, John Q and Seabass picked me up. And they picked me up from my parents' house. I just got out of detox. I felt, like, totally inside out, you know. And we listened to music in the car. And we went to the batting cages Mm -hmm. and hit some golf balls and just did, like, something normal. Yeah. And they never asked me, like, what the fuck have you been up to? Like, what drugs were you doing? Like, what's going Like, they just totally, totally respected that I was clean now. Mm-hmm. 
and they were like willing to hang out with me again. And I remember like going home and just being like, wow, like, like that's what normal people do. Yeah. And it's like, it's taken me a lot of years to find that out. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, because I told you, like, even before my using, there was a lot of things that happened, like just a lot of circumstances that I got myself into. Um, You know, like my best friend, I have a best friend that's like of 31 years, Mm -hmm. you know, because we've been friends since we were four. Mm -hmm. And she was so important to me and I just didn't want to corrupt her. You know, like this is like the idea that I had. Like once I started getting in trouble, like I just pushed her away. And, um, you know, I remember like touching, like trying to find her when I had like a year clean and... um, you know, because I wanted to make sure I had something, mm-hmm. you know, like I was like in it at least. She was just like, man, like I thought you were dead. You know, I've looked for you. I've looked up your, you know, I also got married. She mm-hmm. didn't know that. And so like I changed my name. and Wow. Yeah, like, I did the whole shebang. She's like, I could not find you. And like we're friends now. And like mm-hmm. it's funny because like she's struggled a bit, you know, and like. She was. She said once, she's like, oh, my God, like, I don't know how to get through this. I'm like, well, then you're lucky you have a best friend that's already went through the hard part, you know, because she was always, like, very innocent growing mm-hmm. up and very um, good. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was labeled the bad kid because of, like, the style I liked and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what I played into. I was like, okay, now I'm the bad kid. But I was like, you know, how cool is it, right, that, like, of the people you get to go through this, at least you have me, mm-hmm. that I can at least guide you in what I went through, you know, and we're best friends. Like that's, That's you know, I think that's like one of the lasting relationships I had, but I didn't know what that was. I I didn't have, I didn't have an example. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't the person that hung out and used with people. I wasn't, I didn't have friends because I abandoned everything, you know? So everything was very brand new for me when I got clean, you know? I just rip off everybody and... It's a way of me getting over on you, and it's also a way of me pushing people away because, like, as much as you think you like me, as soon as I rob you, like, you're mm-hmm. going to hate me forever and we're never going to talk again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, I just got so used to doing that that it's like, even like some of my close friends, there are times where I'd be friends with people, and as soon as they would walk away, like, I'd go through their wallet. I don't know. Like, there was just something in me when I was using that, like, I had no concept of the future. Like, I have no yeah. concept of, like, tomorrow. Like, that's I remember, how I got into my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like stealing something from like a mile away from the pawn shop and mm-hmm. pawning it, like putting my finger down to get fingerprinted, just like zero fucks. No consequences. And just kind of like wanting to die, you know? Like mm-hmm. I remember using and being on the way to go cop and just like hoping we kind of like die on the way there, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think back and it's like, it makes me sad because it's like I was so young. And so ready to go. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck was wrong with me? You know, mm-hmm. because it's not like, like I didn't have a, like that much traumatic stuff happen to me as a kid. But I just feel like, like my friend calls like a dark passenger. Mm-hmm. Like I just have something really dark in me, you know, that like enjoys that feeling of like unhappy or whatever. And it's taken me a lot of work to like, be like, no, you know what? Like things are good. People are good people. Like positive things do happen. And like today, like I'm pretty positive. Like I love to help people, but it's like people don't see like how much I've changed. You know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely relate to the like not seeing uh, that far ahead mm-hmm. of you, you know, because for me, like I thought I was going to die by 23. Like 
hands down. Like my 23rd birthday clean was like my biggest like celebration mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm supposed to be dead, you know, with the lifestyle I lived, with the things I put myself in, um, just like, you know, I don't think, I don't know if there was something dark in me. I just know that like I had a lot of pain that I was not willing to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, and it was very easy for me to be that victim. And I think what happened was this unintentionally, playing the victim role, I became so much more of that victim, you know? Like, I mean, look at, for instance, like I had a babysitter, right, that I had a crush on. He was a guy. Mm -hmm. I manipulated my dad into letting this 16-year-old boy watch me because I'm like, yeah, I'm like, dad, no, he's friends with the other babysitters. Like, he's going to be, you know? How old were you? Oh, I was so young. I was like, I had to be- Like 12, 13? My dad still went to meetings. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had to be like at least 10, you know? Oh, my God. And he was just, I know his name, I ain't going to say it, but, you know, he was just, he was cute. And, Uh you know, like, I remember, like, I told all my babysitters, don't answer my dad's call, tell him you're busy. Mm. You know, I set it all up so he could watch me. And he wasn't, like, he wasn't going to do anything, you know, but, like, I couldn't get his attention. So I, like, would think about my mom passing away Mm -hmm. to make myself cry so that he would then nurture, like, you know, comfort me. Wow. Because that was as good as it was going to get with me and this guy, considering, you know, he's 16, I'm 10, Mm -hmm. like, you know. But, like, even something so simple and innocent, you know, like, I didn't know how to, like, get attention the way I should. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, like, I just you know, was going through so many things and didn't really know how to deal with it. Like, I don't, like I said, going back to like, I don't know if I was an addict before or not or born Mm -hmm. this way. Like, I don't really question it because I'm very happy with the life I have. Like, if I had that button that says I can go back in time and like, everybody would be alive and none of these things would have happened, like, you'll get a fresh start. Would you do it? And I, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't because, like, it's made me who I am, you know? And everything I've went through has served a purpose in some sense, you know, whether it's losing a lot of family and then I I meet somebody that has went through that and I can help them, you know, whether it's um, women that have had, you know, been in situations, you know, like, I wasn't even 18. I wasn't even 18 and I wasn't on any drugs except weed. I remember Mm -hmm. I came across these two women and they were, like, really pretty, and they were very nice to me. And I was like on the street, hop, mm-hmm. like couch hopping wherever I could. And they're like, why don't you come with us and meet our boyfriend? And I was like, you guys share a boyfriend? And they're like, yeah, no, but like come meet him. Mm-hmm. And like I go meet him. It's this beautiful house in Parkland or whatever. Beautiful cars, like all this lavish stuff. And I fell right into it. And what I fell into was like I had a pimp. That ended up getting me a fake ID, a fake social security, a fake birth certificate because I wasn't of age, put me in escort services. And like, you know, and this is like, I'm not even using drugs. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I just, I needed that family. I needed that love. And I didn't know the right places to get it because I didn't have the examples to show me, you know? So like when I got clean, there was like this lot of like finding the right examples. Like how do I, how do I be a 20 year old without using, Mm -hmm. you know, how do I start to become a woman after all the things I've done one without knowing I was doing it. Right. Like, you know, yeah, I was aware of what I was doing, but I didn't really understand like, cause I was still very innocent in that sense. And then the things I did to get high Like, how do I become, like, a wife one day, you know? And, like, you said about the whole not seeing that far ahead of you, like, and I joked about, like, oh, that's how I got married. Yeah. is because, like, my self-esteem and self-value was so low. 
right, when I got clean. Like, it was almost non-existent. So when the first guy who showed me any interest of wanting to get married and have this life, I, like, threw myself. I was like, okay, let's mm-hmm. do it. Knowing damn well this whole this guy is, like, toxic. He used to beat me up. He used to choke me. I would go to meetings with, like, you know, bruises on wow. me. Like, people would come say hi to me. I'd be sitting in a meeting, like, please don't talk to me. Please don't say hi to me. Please don't say hi to me. Because, like, I knew as soon as I got home, like, I'm going to have mm-hmm. to go deal with this. How did you change that self-worth, self-talk? Like, um, your sponsor helped you? My sponsor, yeah. Like, so my sponsor, other women, um, even men, you mm-hmm. know, men that started to, like, treat me with respect, even when, like, my approach wasn't that. Because, you know, keep in mind, I didn't know how to build friendships or mm-hmm. relationships with anybody. So I usually offered myself men that declined and turned me down and like showed me like, no, this is not what we do. Like this is, this is let me introduce you to this woman or like let me just be a friend to you, mm-hmm. you know, and not take advantage of you being sick and like confused and not knowing what to do. My sponsor that taught me how to like start to say no and set boundaries you know, and do things for myself, which I didn't know how to do that. You know, I remember like I used to have these crazy makeup. Yeah, even like the word boundaries, like I never grew up hearing that. You know what I mean? Like I never heard anyone growing up being like, oh, I have to set a boundary with this person. Like that was all stuff in recovery. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I learned everything like my entire life. Like I say it now that I'm not confused that, like, every single thing I have in my life is a direct result to recovery. Mm -hmm. Like, from the way I talk, the way I carry myself, the way I handle situations, the way I build friendships, and the way I'm able to show up, and, like, the physical things, like, everything Mm -hmm. has been a result of that. Because, like, when I got here, I came in with what I left, uh, like, left jail with and what I went to jail with. Mm -hmm. That was all I had. That was, like, and my father's ashes. That was like my sole ownership at 20 years old. You know, I never had a job. I never had a legal job, at least, you know. And so, like, people taught me, like, oh, like, I remember being um, in this rehab and I got my first job. And, like, oh, man, if I can go back to, like, the simplicity of Mm -hmm. the gratitude back then. Like, I made $7.25 an hour. And I was so happy about that $7.25 an hour because it was mine. I earned it the right way. And, like, that's how I started building, like, self-value and self-esteem. I didn't even understand the concept of, like, getting a check and not spending every dollar on drugs. Like, it was so weird to me. And it's like, I almost didn't know what people did. Like, I remember getting clean and, like, asking people, like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Because, like, when you use, it's, like, a full-time job, Mm -hmm. 24-7, nonstop and when you get clean, it's like, feels like an empty house. Like, there's, like, what do you do here, you know? Well, I'm grateful. So, like, I'm not going to, you know, say who, but mm-hmm. there's this person that she's been around for, like, 29 years, you know, and she's very shot out. Mm-hmm. And I was thankful that, like, she took me under her wing along with, like, a couple of other people she had already took under her mm-hmm. wing. And, like, we used to go out to karaoke. That's cool. I am not, like, I've never done karaoke mm-hmm. beforehand. I've never, like, went out and danced. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm li- lying. So I don't know if you remember Baja Beach Club, like, all age nights. Back- no. Okay, well, they used to have that, and that's, like, the we last time. We to go time. to Coco's Locos. <laughs> that was called. They just make that up. <laughs> but I used to go, I went out to those, mm-hmm. like, that was the last time I ever danced. And, like, they started to teach me, like, what it was to, like, have mm-hmm. fun. 
Like, and it was very awkward and it was very like stressful at first because like, I didn't know how to do this, but like, mm -hmm. I ended up just doing it, you know, trusting that like, they're having a great time. I could have a great time. I'm safe. And like, there was born like Ratchet Mo, you know, yeah. like early recovery Ratchet Mo that like mm -hmm. came in because like, again, like I wasn't like this. It took me time to figure out who I wanted to be. So I was still very much camouflaging myself around people. Mm -hmm. I guess it was a little bit healthier, you know, yeah, in the time being. Of course. And it's like, it's like <clears throat> that weird getting clean where like you don't know what's a phase or what not to phase, like, like music you like, mm -hmm. like so many things. It's like when you get clean, like drugs are my whole identity. Mm -hmm. So one of the hardest parts about getting clean was like letting go of my drug addict friends and then, like, trying to come up with a new identity. Like, I didn't have anything that I could tell you that I like to do. Like, I didn't even know what I liked or who I was. Mm -hmm. Like, without drugs, like, who am I, you yeah. know? Yeah, and I, did, I, did, I didn't have an identity either. But I it's cool when we all hang out. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like 30 people with no identity, like, going out to eat and just, like, you know, for the first time being ourselves and, like, having fun and doing... We're like children almost. It's like, oh, we're, yeah. 100%. Like, we're all at, like boomers for a birthday party, you know? Like, we're going. And none of us match, and we're yeah. all different aesthetics, uh -huh. and, you know, different And we're going age roller groups. skating, we're doing like mad corny shit. We're living shit. the life that we never got yeah. to live, you know? And, and it's like, cool. that was cool to me. Like, mm -hmm. I used to sit, I used to go to the Thursday night karaoke place. I would dance on top of tables because mm -hmm. I was just shot out. And, you know, like, I was like, it was the insanity that I needed. You mm -hmm. know, I always say yeah. there's like good, clean insanity, yeah. you know, and I needed that because it's like I'm 20 years old. Mm -hmm. What else am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to like go out and have fun and, and make mistakes and, you know, do mm -hmm. things and find myself. And, you know, like I also like. Yeah, for a while, it's like <clears throat> just don't use. Yeah, know? just don't get high. Just don't you know? use. Don't sell drugs. And, and I and I did that. Mm -hmm. Like in my, you know. I mean, I guess from what you do know about me is like part of my story is like that I've, you know, in recovery, have done everything wrong, mm -hmm. you know, where I made mistakes. I got into the toxic marriage that was like really bad and controlling, which whatever progress I had in my early recovery, like completely came to a stalt and then like a, a halt. And, you know, I found myself like three years, four years in recovery, like almost like newer than the newcomer mm -hmm. that comes in with one day, because now it was like I was clean but I had no identity because I was so controlled. So I had to find who I was. And like there I started to find like, I like rock. I like this. I like that. You know, I wanted to look like this. Like, and funny enough, it's like 11 year old me, mm -hmm. you know, just in a 30 something year old body now, yeah. you know, and I had to go through that, you know, and like the crazy thing is, is I didn't know right when I first got clean, like if this was what I wanted. I didn't want to die, but I did not know if I wanted to like have this like be a good person. Normal life. You know, yeah. this normal boring life. Because yeah. if I was to be honest, it seemed very boring when you like put it down on paper. Because when you're using, you're like, <laughs> people go to work, you know? Yeah. like and like, I never had a job. So Yeah, it's like people who go to work and do what people tell them to do. And like, it just seems like such a shitty life, you know, mm -hmm. just like. There's something, I do think there's something spiritual in using that's like kind of fucked up, but it's like when you're using, like nothing matters. Like I don't give a fuck about anything. Like I don't care about the new shoes coming out. Like I don't care about having like a nice phone. I don't care. I don't need a car. I don't know how I survived. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like literally, and it's like I could be like having the worst day ever 
and find $10. And I'm like, fuck yeah, like <laughs> dancing, you know? And it's like when you're using, you're like living on like these total extremes. Bare minimums. Yeah, and nothing. Honey buns and Ritz sodas for Hell me. yeah, that, that was, we steal. That it. Yeah, stealing public subs. <laughs> and it's like, you know, when you get clean, it's like there's so much. It's like this person, that person's relationship and car insurance and you're a whole school. Adult now. And it's like so, and it's, sometimes you're just like, fuck, you just want to go back to like, you know, a bag is all that mattered, you know? But it's like, I think in recovery, you could get to a point with your recovery kind of piece like that, where it's like yeah. now it's like my higher power is kind of like what I was looking for in drugs, where it's like <clears throat> I can have a fucked up day at work and I just know that like as long as I have like my relationship with my higher power, like none of that shit matters. Yeah. And like, look, so I'm on my, I'm on a second step again, mm-hmm. right? And it's so funny that like my life is so different, right? So like in my first ever for a second step, like that insanity that I had listed was like, you know, like, don't go, like, don't go to jail. (laughs) Like, don't beat up somebody. Don't get high. Don't steal. Like, don't like, you know, fall into these old behaviors. And like today, like, I remember like, it was a question was like, like, how are you like, what is your saying? Like, how are you saying? Like, what, what do you do to maintain your sanity? And it's like healthy routines, self-care, time Mm -hmm. for myself, healthy relationships, you know, being productive, like doing stuff that I like to enjoy the moments, right? Because like sometimes we get wrapped up, Mm -hmm. like at least for me that like, you know, now I'm clean, I have all these responsibilities, like I have all these things and, and then I'm just always like, on the errand to take care of life, but not actually enjoying it, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, I was talking with, um, my sponsor the other day, for instance, and I was like, you know, I have this problem where I spend money, you know, I spend money and like, sometimes I still think I'm that little girl that came in and I don't realize it's been 15 years mm-hmm. and I've grown and changed because we're the last people to see our change. Yeah. And so I'm thinking I still have these money problems because I feel guilty when I treat myself good. And my sponsor was like, you don't have that much money problems because I'm sitting in this truck. Mm-hmm. You didn't have this truck when we first when you first got here. Yeah. You know, I had like a hoopty, like an '87 Lincoln Town Car with mm-hmm. a, a bungee cord on the hood on on the trunk to keep it closed. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, "How are you enjoying the things you worked so hard for?" You know, and I had to take a step back, and I was like, "Well." Like, I guess I'm not, you know, like there isn't nothing wrong with me buying a mantle with a fireplace. I have Mm -hmm. a mantle with an electric fireplace today. Like, can we just like appreciate that, you know? Like I have things. Where'd you get it? I got it on Amazon for Amazon Prime Day. (laughs) (laughs) I bought one for my TV and it was like an electric fireplace. I thought it was so cool. And when it came in, it was like this big. Oh no, mine's big. Like, what the fuck? Mine's like seventy inches. And wow, it's like, that's it's what really, I need. It's really. I'll give yeah, you the link later. <laughs> I got one, and it's like I was like, as soon as like it got set up, it's like this is too small. Yeah, no, I love it, but like I need to because those are things I enjoy today. Like mm-hmm. right, like finding out what I like, right? Because I'm also now I'm not this twenty year old girl. Now I'm thirty five year old woman, mm-hmm. and it's like still looking to find how. How do I be the how how do I become the woman that I want to be, mm-hmm. right? Because recovery has given me this life that like now I've went through the, you know, growing up and I'm still, you know, I still like to have fun and live out my youth, you know, but mm-hmm. like now it's like, okay, well, you know, I've been clean and I've I've been thankfully like I have the reprieve and and 
I don't have that obsession to use anymore. And like, but I do have the absolute obsession to fuck up my life in any other area. So it's like, how do I continue to be this woman that I want to be? Like where I want to start a family. I want to start, I want to be married. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be married, you know, like in a healthy relationship, not like the one I had before, but like, I want to be married. I, you know, my roommate jokes with me all the time. He's like, you're nesting. Like if you look Mm -hmm. at my house, it's very spooky, (laughs) but it's like nesting. It's, it's very like spooky welcoming, you know? Like I want to see, <laughs> and it's nice and like it's spookier than my house. Yes, way spookier. It's yes. a painted black. It, no, okay. no, but it, it has like it's a, it looks like an oddity museum. That's you know, what, I have a lot of collections yeah, cool. of like taxidermy and a bunch of things. You mm-hmm. know, and I love it because I got to find out that's what I like, and it's just like me trying to find out like mm-hmm. as this thirty-five-year-old woman, like the things I like. I like to decorate my house; that makes me happy. It keeps me sane. Mm-hmm. The fact that I like cleaning my truck and I like to clean my house and have a clean atmosphere around yeah. me keeps me sane. Mm-hmm. You know, and like now, I'm just like. I've went through all these things in recovery, right? Like I lost, you know, that was a big thing for me is I lost a a baby. Like in my first three years of being clean, I couldn't have kids. And then I went through this whole like anger about like not being able to have kids. Not that I wanted them, but I wanted it to be my choice. Mm -hmm. And then I finally accepted it. And then like a few years down the line, I get pregnant. And then within two weeks, I find out I'm like two months pregnant. And then within two weeks of finding out, I lose my baby. I have an atopic pregnancy. And like, I went through all this rage and anger. And like, I was just, you know, like the fuck it was almost there. But like, thankfully I had like enough recovery that like my recovery is stronger than my disease, Mm. right? So like, I ended up like finding gratitude. If you would have told me like this addict would ever Mm -hmm. be able to find gratitude in anything, like I, I wouldn't have believed you. You know, but that's something that I was I was taught and that like I actually genuinely believe I have today, you know, and like I was able to think like, wow, well, like I can't have, you know, I didn't have this baby and it was very traumatic and it was very painful. Like it's not taking away from those things. But like if I didn't have this experience, I would have never known what it was like to Mm -hmm. feel like I was going to have a kid, to be able to have that like moment of happiness Mm. when I saw the pregnancy test say yes, like, you know, to be able to pick names out, even though I never got to name it, Mm -hmm. you know, like just the fact that like, if everything stayed the same, you would have never even had that. Exactly. Yeah. Like if it always was, I'm never going to have kids, I would have never even been able to feel what that felt like, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, even in, like, the pain, I was still able to find happiness, you mm. know? And, like, life shows up now. Like, life still shows up. But, like, my recovery and, like, the freedom that I have is, like, worth so much more than, like, anything I've uh, so far went through, you know? Like, I don't have a reservation to, like, say, like, well, if this happens, I'm going to get high because everything I thought was ever in possible to get through clean mm-hmm. I've already done you know I've lost friends I've lost sponsors I've lost my baby I've lost apartments how like jobs relationships like I've went through it all you know I've been the most hated person at times by people you know the most judged like and I'm still here and it's like I still at the end of the day look at myself and all I've been through and like what I think I always was looking for was to be okay with who I looked at in the mirror. And like, I have that today, Mm. you know? And like, that seemed unattainable. Like, yeah, like all these other gifts are amazing, but the fact that like, I'm okay with myself, with all my flaws, with the things I've went through, with the pain, with the suffering, with the good, with the bad, like, I like who I am, you know? And I know that like, as long as I don't use, 
like whatever I don't like is still able to be changed, mm-hmm. you know? So like that's always, that's been a huge thing for me. You yeah, know? and I think for any addict, it takes us so long to get to a point where it's like, we're not like validating, you know what I mean? And it's like, there's like this part in the literature that says like we could finally be ourselves. Mm. And like sometimes like it it took me so long to even remember what I like to do as a kid. You know, because when you get clean, you're just focused on like getting a little shitty job and the meeting and whatever. But it's like, you know, I always tell my sponsees, like, I don't tell them in the beginning because sometimes I think it's a a distraction. But after you've got like seven, eight months, a year clean, like get a fucking hobby, like sponsees that are miserable. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. dude, do something that you like to do. Draw, fucking go wakeboarding, fucking do jujitsu, fucking like get a fucking hobby, bro. Go buy a dog, you know, do yeah. something. Cause like this, like going to work and going to meetings and then complaining about your fucking day is not it, bro. Like there's yeah. so much more to life. Like, and I did that too. Or I just too. where yeah. you just make meetings and you just like, you know, do mm-hmm. the meeting to eat, the meeting to eat, meeting to eat. Yeah. And then it's like that becomes mundane and that becomes like mm-hmm. it's now a chore and you don't have like a balance. And like mm-hmm. that's the, I, I always joke, like the one thing my ex husband was right about, like, piece of of shit but you know the one thing he was right about was like when he was in recovery he's like you don't have any balance Mm -hmm. you know like all you do is make meetings and like what's the difference if I don't participate in my life while I'm using and like Mm -hmm. if I'm not participating in my life just because I'm constantly in meetings Mm -hmm. like there's no difference and it feels good to be surrounded because I know people who only hang out with people in recovery you know and like it feels really good to be valued in another setting where I don't need to tell people I'm in recovery and get a pat on the back mm-hmm. or people aren't introducing me as like, oh, this is so-and-so, he's in recovery. Like, yeah. th- like no, like there's other shit about me that have value because I'm clean, but I also don't need, it feels really good to go to a thing mm-hmm. and have value and feel like I bring something to the table and not having to disclose I'm an addict and be able to, you know, stay yeah. anonymous and have like a purpose outside of helping other addicts, which helping other addicts is great. But like, I don't know. I feel like when I do stuff like that, I go home and I feel like good about who I am as a person, you know? Well, like for instance, I, you know, I think it was around like four or five years clean. I realized that like I wanted a life outside of the program, right? Mm -hmm. Aside from what my ex-husband had said. And then also finding that like, I'm not really necessarily into a lot of the things that people in recovery are into, you know? And with reason, like, mm-hmm. you know, like I wanted to go to shows. I wanted to do things that like maybe they didn't feel comfortable and like mm-hmm. they have the right to not feel comfortable. But I felt like I wanted to have those experiences. Like mm-hmm. I never had that experience of going to a concert when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I never had the experience of going to a house party after like a high, at high mm-hmm. school. Like I was just not, that was not my life, you yeah. know. And I wanted those things, but um, I was also finding where I was like always doing what everybody wanted, but mm-hmm. nobody would do the things I wanted. So I started to build friendships outside, right? And I love them. Mm-hmm. Like they know that like I don't drink, I don't do anything, and mm-hmm. they just leave it at that. Yeah. And they think it's super and cool. And they yeah, think it's, it's super fine. cool. Yeah. But like, let me tell you, I went to my first like house party with like six years clean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like 
I had a blast. Yeah. Like, you know, I was playing beer pong, but like with Red Bull, <laughs> you know, I was just like, I want to play. I've never yeah. played. I'm also a beast at it. I found there out, you, you know, but um, I have like other areas like, you know, that I go do things like my job, like some of them know, some of them don't, you know, but like I'm an asset at my job and I have a cool job, yeah. you know, like not everybody gets to do what I do. Mm-hmm. And like, especially people in recovery, you know, where it's yeah. like, I'm not like, my job is not mm-hmm. made for us, you know? Yeah. And I have a great time. And like, who would have thought like this 20 year old, like crackhead, mm-hmm. right? At that point would be still here. Because like I said, you know, going back to like not being able to see how far in front of myself, like, you know, how I got in that marriage, how a lot of things happened in my life. Like I could not see mm-hmm. the woman I am today. Like absolutely, like it was just, it wouldn't have been possible. You know, you could have told me like Santa Claus was real again, you know, and I would have believed that before like seeing who I am now, Mm -hmm. you know, like to be able to one, have respect for myself, one, like be, um, I was talking with my my boyfriend, uh, his mother the other night and I was just Mm -hmm. like, I don't know where I got my work ethic from. Mm. And it's something I'm proud of, you know, like that that person that we used to think working in that routine is so lame. Like I'm one of those mm-hmm. people, my schedule's a little bit different, but like I show up to work and people can count on me to get stuff done. And like, I teach people at my job too. Like sometimes like when like they're new, I can teach people how to do what I do. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's a really good feeling to be like, I'm not late. They believe me. Mm-hmm. When I have equipment that costs forty-one thousand dollars, they're not worried about me disappearing with mm-hmm. it. I'm actually still very much impressed that I don't yeah. disappear with it, you know, because I still think like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I was driving a console home and I was like, I was taking it to go get dropped off at the the warehouse. And I'm like, man, like not too long ago, I would have sold this shit, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, and like I don't have to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I just I feel good. Like you know, I, I, I like that, like, somehow with the lack of responsibility, right, and the lack of examples I had in my life before, that, like, somewhere in recovery, people taught me how to be responsible, like, doing service and, like, getting on time to meetings and doing mm-hmm. all these things and, like, being powers of example to me in their own lives. Like, now, somehow, that worked for me to be able mm-hmm. to become responsible in my own life and be productive and show up and, like... Be accountable. Yeah, and I believe like how you show up in the program is how you're going to show up in real life. So it's like, you know, I have friends that are clean, but they're not really like that into recovery. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, you know, like how you do one thing is how you do everything. And it's like, I didn't. Consistency. Yeah, it's like I didn't like kind of sort of do recovery and then like start doing other things really great. Mm -hmm. Like I learned how to do everything I know how to do from going to meetings, having a sponsor, because like, Recovery is so in-depth that it really does teach you how to be accountable, manage time, deal with people. Like, you want to give some people skills? Get, like, fucking seven sponsees mm-hmm. and have a fucking sponsee meeting. And you have one sponsee that fucking hates this other sponsee. And I can't be like, oh, because I like you more, I can't fucking bring this other person. Sometimes it's like, yo, we have a sponsee that fucking hears voices and fucking is crazy mm-hmm. or whatever. We're going to give him the same respect everyone else is going to get. And you're not going to roll your eyes when this person's sharing because, like, we need to be a family. So it's like... There's a lot of things in recovery, like having an H&I commitment and getting the panel and, and, and having all these different commitments. And like, there's a lot of things that I did in recovery that I did like full 
full, yeah. full. I jumped know? right in. Yeah. You know, and I don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, it's I sad. I thought we used to have workshops. Do you remember, yeah, like, there was a workshops, workshop. all sorts of shit, like, like convention. Like, I do my workshop tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know, like, there was more. There yeah, was there was, more, like, there so was much more going people on. willing, you know. Mm-hmm. Now everything is, like, it's so crazy because, right, so, like, Uber wasn't a thing when yeah. I got clean. Like, that just sounds so fucking uh-huh. weird that, like, Uber was not a thing yeah. when I first got clean and I made it to me. Meetings, mm-hmm. so many, right? Yeah. Without a car, without a license. And like, it's almost like the more that's available, the less willing people are, mm-hmm. like the more excuses. Like, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, everybody has their process. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, you know, people allowed me my process to come in and fuck mm-hmm. up and do everything wrong and accept get high. And like, they love me through mm-hmm. it. But like the willingness is a little bit different than I feel like, you yeah. know? And like, now it's like, oh, I, I didn't want to make a meeting because uh, like you have Uber, yeah. Like figure it out. You have yeah. Zoom now. You have every, you have yeah. so many tools to like help assist you along. I was I'm sponsoring this kid like in Tampa and I was like, yo, you need to go to meetings every day. It's like I don't have a ride every day. I was like, bro, with Zoom, you you could be can going make a meeting to, anywhere. You could do it like 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 where like what was it? Just like couldn't even tell like what? Or they don't have time. And I'm like what do you mean? Yeah. You hang out. So, like, you're telling me you don't have time to put this amount of, like, minutes yeah. into something? I tell like, bro, I have multiple companies and employees and all this other shit. I go to fucking more meetings than you. Like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? And I, sometimes I hate being, like, that old timer that's, like, just grouchy. But, like, that's just. How does just, it feel? It feels good because I'm, like, now I get it. You and know, that, because. And that's been my thing right now. Because I see people fucking die. I've seen. There was a time where I was like, oh, well, you know, the 12 steps not for everybody and da, da 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 And it's like, I don't know. I've just seen so many people die and I've just seen so many people like just not take it seriously. And it's like every fucking week it's someone else's memorial or funeral mm-hmm. or whatever. And like what I can say is that like, dude, the people who don't work the steps, they don't just have a difficult time or like they just don't have a great life. Like they die. They die. Like, they, they literally or die. They, they stay alive and they're fucking miserable. Yeah, or they're miserable or they get fucking arrested for some dumbass shit or whatever. And it's like, you know, I always tell people, like, dude, what I have in my life is not from being clean. Mm-hmm. Like, this is from doing a lot of work on reading and writing with my sponsor and fucking having sponsees and having commitments. And, like, if you think working the steps is fucking important, just wait till you take someone else through the steps. Yeah. That shit's like fucking an acid hit. That like has a flashback, like that, <laughs> like when you go through the steps yourself, it is like fucking like all this ayahuasca should people talk about. Like mm-hmm. I would imagine, so it like changes you that much. But when you bring someone else through the steps, it's it's like a whole another high. But like you can't even talk about that yet because you're still trying to get them to do the first part. Yeah, you know, you know, and it's like trying to get people. Like I remember my sponsor when I like first got clean was like, "You need mm-hmm. a service commitment." I was like, "Okay, where?" Yeah, you know, now it's like. Like, I am begging. I'm mm-hmm. like, listen, like, if it wasn't for people, like, that do service, there yeah. would be nothing for you to come to. Like, yeah. You know, and it's just like, I don't understand. Like, if I told you, hey, if you do this and you do this, you're going to get really high. Mm-hmm. You know, you would take both of them and do exactly yeah, as I said. Exactly. So here I go, hey, if you do this, you do this. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the best life and you're going to be okay with yourself. and You're going to find happiness. And you're like, well, hmm, I'll do this part. Yeah. Like half of this part. Well, you know? everything you've ever said made total sense. You've been <clears throat> right about everything for years, but I don't know if you're right about this thing. Yeah. And you it's know? just like, you know, and what I find myself struggle with now, which are like the mm-hmm. high class problems, right? Is like, you know, being the 
I'm becoming the old timer. Mm -hmm. And now, like you said, all those things that people like tried to tell me and maybe, maybe in my perfect head that I believe I, I willingly jumped into everything. Maybe I didn't, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe my perception skewed and maybe I didn't do it the way Mm -hmm. I look back on it. And maybe they did get upset with me and frustrated because now I see it and it's like, I know the pain that we go through because I went through it Mm -hmm. and I see, and it's like, I just want you to, I want you to have what I have, but we can't do it that way, you know? And it's like, so now all those things are making sense. Now I have this love for this Mm -hmm. fellowship that I want so bad to like work, you know? And like oftentimes when I tell people like I fucked up so much my first couple years clean and like just did fucked up things I wouldn't even do using. But I always had a fucking H&I commitment. I fucking was working steps. So... I wouldn't even know what the fuck what would happen to me if I wasn't doing all that shit. So it's like, yeah, I might have fucking not been perfect and did fucking mm-hmm. horrible, fucked up, weird things that like, I don't know if someone else would have stayed clean if they weren't doing all the recovery shit I was doing. So it's like, yeah. you know, you got to have. And they hear that and they're just like, oh, oh I can just yeah, fuck up and do whatever I want. It's like, no, you can you can die because of it. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm thankful that I didn't die and mm-hmm. I'm thankful that I stuck through it. But it was so much like I tell my sponsors yeah. all the time, like, do you want the unnecessary pain? Mm-hmm. Like every choice has a consequence. Like what? It, what for? Mm-hmm. You know, I have one sponsor. He's like, I hate hearing what for. <laughs> what for? Because that's like, what for? What are you gonna do it? Like, mm-hmm. what? What purpose does it serve? Yeah. You know, and it's like, I mean, I I love the life I have. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's just, you know, now it's it's just finding that like. Now I'm the old timer or I'm yeah. becoming the old timer because yeah. right? I don't want to be called that either. But like it, this, I still do exactly mm-hmm. what I did minus some of the fuck ups. Mm-hmm. Right. So I do all the same stuff I did when I first got clean. Just now I don't, I don't struggle as much, you know, it mm-hmm. comes a little bit easier because I've been doing it a while, you know, but I still go through stuff. I still, mm-hmm. life still shows up. It still hurts, but like, my basics, you know, my step work, my service commitments, mm-hmm. like, you know, my meeting attendance, like, you know, how do I also apply that outside, you know, because outside life is very important. Yeah. If I'm not really applying this program to the rest of my life, then like, what am I mm-hmm. doing? You know, so it's like still being able to show up for people and still like, like what, like my sponsor tells me, like, what is my integrity worth? You know, so like when I have those moments where it's like I can get away with something mm-hmm. or I can find the shortcut through something, like, do I really want to do it? Is my integrity worth that much? Because like, mm-hmm. lo and behold, the integrity that I lacked and all the spiritual principles and all those things I've been taught over the years that like had no value to me when I first came around because there was no mm-hmm. price tag on them um, are like the absolute most important things I have today. Yeah, and I remember when I first got clean. So I thought like if I went to meetings and I had a sponsor and I worked steps and I had a commitment that like that was my my recovery and it was solid. Mm -hmm. And then if I was fucking a girl who was using, that was just what I did after. Like like I don't think, I didn't realize that everything in my life is connected. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to my sponsor and he was like, why would you want to ruin your recovery? Why would you want to spoil your recovery? And I was like, my recovery is solid. It's over here, yeah. you know? And I started to realize that everything I do in my life is connected, not just to my recovery, but like everything I do spiritually is connected. It's one. And that's when I started to realize like, oh, like 
This is this is more complicated than I thought, you know. Well, like I mean, I'm sure you've well, you you've known me around that time, mm-hmm. but like it's no secret that anybody that knows me knows like I was a dancer with mm-hmm. five years clean, you know. And like even though I was like my recovery is solid and it doesn't affect anything, mm-hmm. and like you know my dad used to teach me as long as you're you're not hurting anybody, mm-hmm. then like do what you need to do to survive because I'm the addict that like I don't have mommy and daddy to go sleep on the couch if mm-hmm. my life doesn't work out like I don't have a backup plan so like my intention was to take care of me in the time being until I found something else Mm -hmm. which I got judged and a lot of things happened in Mm -hmm. that time frame but what most importantly happened was that I realized that like the life I was living or trying to live clean Mm -hmm. did not match the lifestyle that I was currently in Mm -hmm. you know and like i never danced before recovery like this is a whole like new decision in recovery still Mm -hmm. sick but like with better intentions like the intention Mm -hmm. was solely based on i just want to be able to take care of myself because Mm -hmm. like the only fear i've ever had in my entire recovery more than anything is like lack of instability Mm -hmm. right because my childhood shows that's all i ever had so it's very like scary for me when my Mm -hmm. my stability starts to uh you know exactly so what did i do i took my will back Mm -hmm. i went into a strip club they were like you're hired and i started to do that and what started to happen was i didn't pick up But I started to like slowly, like all those things I worked to have, Mm -hmm. like started to go away, Mm -hmm. you know? So like empathy, compassion, like I started realizing when I would talk to newcomers, like I didn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a really sad place to be, you know, to be able to know the impact that like the therapeutic value of one addict helping another, right? To have that, know that, feel that, been through it and to like have somebody pouring their heart out to me and I just didn't like... I was just like back to being a stone wall, you know, Mm -hmm. like I didn't have the empathy, the compassion, the love, like I didn't have the like ambition, you know, it was like draining my life source, you know, because like my sponsor tells me now, like you can't be clean and live dirty, you know, you can't live a spiritual or work a spiritual program Mm -hmm. and like not be spiritual, you know, and like doing unspiritual things. And like, so I obviously have moved moved forward from there, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but I'm still grateful for that experience because like I've met people that have come into programs that are exactly in that same spot. And they're like, I don't know how to do this clean. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I can help you and and tell you what I did until you find the, you know, because we always have to have that like drive to do, like move on to the next Mm -hmm. part of our lives, you know? So, I mean, it's helped in that sense. You know, and of course, like I said, it adds to my story. It adds to who I am. It adds to like Mm -hmm. what I've been through. Yeah, like I can't, I can't do those things anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't sit right with me. They don't, you know. And like I've heard uh, these guys share, it's like, you know, what keeps me clean might get you Mm hot. It's like, dude, I have shit that I'm not okay with that someone else could be okay with. And it's not my job to fucking tell other people how to live their life or whatever. It's like what I'm okay with is what I'm okay with. And like, that's it. Yeah. You know. Well, hey, I want to thank you for coming mm-hmm. on the show. Love you very much. Thank you. I love you too. I will let you know when it comes out. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> this show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. The show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.